0: After over a decade of nonprofit leadership impacting thousands, we hit a wall. We started asking ourselves, how can we go beyond personal success and leave a legacy that lasts far beyond our lifetimes?
1: A job change and a couple pivots into for profit leadership later? We're on the search to get that question answered.
0: If you're a leader who cares deeply about supporting nonprofits from the inside or from the outside, this podcast is for you.
1: We believe that the world needs what you are going to leave behind, and it's our passion to help you find that thing and build it. I'm Ted, and I'm Lisa.
0: Welcome to the Legacy Builders Movement. Recently, one of our kids really, really, really wanted to hang out with a friend of his that he hasn't seen in quite a while, and uh, he was starting to ask me, like, "Hey, when when can I get together with this friend?" And now he would he he asked us many times. And it wasn't super consistent. It was kind of sporadic, but it was the same question like, hey, when can I get together with this friend or when are we going to get together with this friend? And um, after a bunch of times of this happening over the course of several weeks, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, something's wrong here because you, you keep asking, which is good, but you're not ever getting A resolution to this. And I don't have any problem with you hanging out with this friend. It's not like I'm trying to avoid you getting together with this friend. Um, It was just something about the timing of his question and kind of like the specifics of his question weren't really there. And there were just a lot of just elements about it. And I had a quick conversation with him just saying like, okay, let's figure out why, why when you're asking this question, it's not working (laughs) to get the answer that you want. And um, it's not that you're not being demanding enough. It's just, let's be strategic. Let's figure this out. Mm -hmm. And so after a little bit of talking, we realized, okay, if you ask me the same question at 4 p.m. on a weekday, you'll get a good resolution to your your question. And so sure enough, a couple days later, he comes up to me. He's like, hey, it's 4.03. Is that okay? Time for (laughs) me to ask this question? I was like, yes, yes, this is good. And so he he asked, like, when can we get together with a friend? I was like, OK, cool. Let's text his dad. And he did the whole thing. And uh, now we got something on the calendar for in like, you know, in a week. And it's really, really awesome because uh, not only did he get what he wanted, but I learned a lesson <laughs> in how to uh, think about this when it comes to nonprofits. And it kind of came up as like a topic for us to talk about, because in nonprofits, we have to ask a lot from people. Mm hmm. We ask for time for volunteerism. We especially have to ask for funds and fundraising. And so knowing how to put together a really, really good ask and take into account all the things that matter with it is an essential piece of leading a nonprofit organization. Mm -hmm. And maybe even learning how to do it so well that you can then train other people in the organization to do it also. Yes, is a really, really big deal. So this is something that we've learned a ton about over the years, about how to make a really, really good ask of somebody. Um, There's a weird disconnect because it's not that people don't want to be generous. I think I think we all know that deep down people want to be generous in Mm -hmm. some form or fashion. And it's not that nonprofits (laughs) don't need the money. I mean, we know that we know that (laughs) that (laughs) the nonprofits need the money. So the disconnect is somewhere in the ask. Right. So we just got to kind of figure out what that is. And we have a fun conversation about that today.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I like that story of our kid because it just shows so many of the different little issues that nonprofit leaders don't always pay attention to. Uh, He felt like he was making the ask, I'm sure, all the time. He's like, oh, my gosh, I've asked so many times. But when it's sporadic or it's not clear or there's something weird about the ask where the person isn't in a space where they can hear the ask, just because he might have asked a few times doesn't mean that it was heard a few times. Mm. Um, Also, the question, when can I get together, is not the same as can you reach out to plan the get together Mm-hmm. um because the question when can i get together there is no point where you or i are going to know the answer to that question offhand
0: especially because it involved another person it involves a third party
1: so it's not just like hey when can this happen it's like i don't know like i think soon but i have to get in touch with him he doesn't have to get in touch with us like there's gonna be this, ha- this whole thing so even the question wasn't quite the right question that would have that would be the most effective for the moment, right. but then also the timing. I know um, he asked me about it a couple times. I was always like, as he was about to go to bed, so I'd be like <laughs> late at night, I'm exhausted. I'm not like, calling
0: some person and, yeah, and making like, the phone when, ring at night. Yeah, I'd
1: be like, <laughs> when can we do? I'm like, dude, you have to remind us at a point when it's not this late. Like we can't reach out right now. Um, but as nonprofit leaders, you know, you see that in a kid and you're like, okay, you know, these are adjustments you can make. But as nonprofit leaders, a lot of times we feel like we're asking all the time, but we're not being clear in our ask. And so just because we feel like we're stretching ourselves to ask doesn't mean that the other person is hearing it. And for what a lot
0: of different reasons. For a lot of different reasons. Yeah.
1: And what I see a lot is nonprofit leaders spend so much time thinking about asking that they don't realize that over the last six months, they've only asked one or two times to one or two different people. It's mm-hmm. like salespeople who are afraid to pick up the phone. And so they feel like they were on the phone all day, even though really <laughs> they were sitting there working, dreading that the phone was next to yeah, them. Yeah,
0: they're, they were they're on the phone in their head.
1: Yeah, they <laughs> were on the phone long. in their head, but they only made two phone calls. So that's kind of part of it. But then also just the general timing of all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, When you hit that point of desperation in your organization where it's like this is do or die, Um, That is a very difficult time to ask versus if you're thinking ahead and planning ahead and setting up all of your volunteer campaigns, your giving campaigns, um, whatever they may be, setting those up that more fit in line with what people are naturally doing in the season of life um, and not going for that desperation ask, but really planning ahead. Mm. Uh, Those are all super, super, super um, important things to be considering.
0: Yeah. And so the conversation we're going to have today isn't about uh, now, we could probably have a conversation about this in the future, but uh, it's not about asking online mm-hmm. or asking over the phone or asking in an email or in a text message or on a social media platform. <clears throat> Today, we just want to talk about asking in person, which is, in my opinion, one of the most powerful ways anyway to ask. And once you understand how to really ask in person, then it trans. a lot of this stuff translates also to those other platforms And so we wanted to just talk about how to how to ask somebody for a donation or like maybe a a monthly donation over coffee Mm -hmm. or how to ask for, uh, you know, a big give at a fundraiser Mm -hmm. or how to ask somebody for uh, to become a volunteer or maybe to increase their volunteerism to a higher level of difficulty or maybe more time. Uh, how to ask people for this or ask people for their networks, mm-hmm. you know, ask people to reach out and bring more people into the organization because uh, and and to do that either again over like coffee or at an event like with a bunch of people sitting in chairs or doing whatever and you've got a microphone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So Lisa's had quite a bit experience on uh, both of those fronts. I specifically have had I've had probably more experience over coffee Mm-hmm. Uh, talking to people about uh, like asking people for things over coffee. Yeah. But um, let's jump into it. I'm, this is a really, really good topic. It's going to be very easy to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: is. Um, before we get into the specifics of here's how to structure the conversation for the ask, um, before you even get to that point, I just want to ask you, not you, but like the listener, you. <laughs> <laughs> not me, but like, the listener. If you're having a struggle with, Asking someone for um, maybe to be a board member, maybe to volunteer time, maybe to give something. What is it about the ask that makes you not want to do it? Mm. Because that's the first thing that we have to address and that we have to tackle. Um, for me, we recently helped out with an event maybe a couple months ago, um, and the event was going really well. But there was a fundraising goal, and we we're kind of nearing the end of the event. And Ted was emceeing part of it and was kind of making jokes and. Um, you had like to call,
0: <laughs> he had to call a
1: bunch of people's names and instead of trying to like get all the last names just right, he was like, kind of like joke, you know, you're just having fun with it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get all these names right. Um, so he was calling them out and I kind of made a joke afterwards cause I was like, oh my gosh, we have money to raise here. Um, and I grabbed the microphone and I just went for it and said, you know, Ted's not afraid to just, you know, mess up people's names. You know, it is what it is, I said. But just like Ted, like, I am unashamed to ask for money. So here's why we're here tonight. And I just went straight into it. And part of that isn't because um, I don't recognize that money is an uncomfortable topic for most people. It's that I have such a strong conviction that people have a desire to be generous. And that they have a desire to help worthy organizations, that it, does not affra- it, that it does not scare me to call out their innate desire to act in generosity. Um, that's good. And so there's something about asking, and whether that's for money um, or for volunteerism, if your base mindset is no one wants to help me. No one cares about this. I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel. I'm not going to be able to find what I need. No one's going to say yes. If there is something in you that feels that way, that's something that you need to personally take some time and reflect on and address. And chances are, it's something that you learned as a young kid and you didn't understand. What about it that you learned and it got ingrained in, in your heart And you need to kind of process through that and figure out what parts of this is true and what part of this came from a situation that I did not accurately understand. Um, Maybe you grew up hearing, oh, all salespeople are bad. (laughs) Like, I have had so many people tell me that. And I'm like, but it's not sales. I mean, everything is sales, but sales is simply a skill of communication. It's Mm -hmm. not a moral high ground or a moral low point. Badgering
0: and pressuring people into doing things is bad, Mm -hmm. but you don't have to do that if you're asking people to donate.
1: Right. Now, on the other side of that, maybe you're like, I feel like I have to ask because my leader wants me to ask this thing. If you get to a point where you're like, I don't have any issues with the person that I'm asking. I just feel icky about this. Then you need to ask yourself if you are asking the right question. Um, If you are asking people who are already volunteering once like every other week to increase their volunteerism to weekly and you know that this volunteer is super busy, has a lot going on with their family, someone that they're related to has some health issues and they're helping taking care of them and they're already giving everything that they can and you don't want to ask them to increase that commitment, there's probably a good reason that you're hesitant to do it. Mm -hmm. Now, on the flip side of it. If you're someone who's looking for a board member and you are discounting the other person because you're like, oh, they're too busy to care about my organization, I'm sure they have a lot going on. They're really successful. They're probably busy in their business. It's one thing if you know the person and you know the personal things that they're kind of working through and you're being respectful by not asking versus you know the person that you should ask, but you're assuming that they are not going to care about what you have to say. Those are two very, very different situations. So either you might need to address your belief about the person that you're asking, or you might need to address the question that you are asking the person and seeing if maybe you need to rework it um, to maybe find a better fit for what you're looking for. I think for.
0: also, too, especially since you know the listeners of this podcast are, are mainly leaders in their organizations, one of the reasons that you might be hesitant to ask is because there's a breakdown in your flywheel. And you know it. You know that there's a breakdown in your flywheel. And so you know that when you ask this person to give or, you know, give their time or their money or whatever to your organization, you know that it's not going to be as good of an investment for them. Mm -hmm. So you're hesitant to ask because, you know, in some way you're kind of ripping them off. And like that is an issue that you need to address in your organization. We talked about it a few, quite a few episodes ago. The legacy flywheel. We should probably do another episode on it here soon because we're, we learn more and more about it as we go. But just the, the, the idea that your organization has tons of different pieces of it that work together to form a healthy organization, and if any of those pieces is unhealthy, it's going to make the whole thing kind of just be atrophied and not, not, not a good, strong organization. And so when you know that as the leader and you know that, like, that my organization is kind of limping, and then you don't want to ask people for money because you know that you're asking them to support a limping organization, you need to figure out how to address that issue.
1: Oh, yeah. That's if you're like, really, I, really good. You know, I would
0: ask for money, but gosh, I know we're so disorganized. Like, you probably should get the organization problem fixed. Mm-hmm. Not saying that... Um, you can't ask for money in the meantime but if it's especially causing you to hesitate to ask that's like a big red flag for you that you can fix something in the organization that's making you not want to ask i remember having this thought process a lot because i would because i would ask people to to serve on a worship team and that was like a thing that i would ask quite often and i was always thinking through like okay i could ask this person to serve but I wouldn't because I knew that practice times took way longer than they needed to because I wasn't doing a good job leading the practices. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that if I asked this person who was like a really good musician to come in and then they did show up to practice, they'd be frustrated the whole time because it was so poorly run. So I, would, I wouldn't would ask some people because I knew it was going to be like a, wa- a waste of their time for a lot of it. And so... I had to address that stuff. And I got practice times down to a level where I was like, this is top notch. Any like a professional could come in here and be like, wow, this is really well done. All of a sudden, I didn't have that fear anymore of asking people to serve Mm -hmm. who were like really high skilled because I wasn't going to look like a complete fool and moron (laughs) in front of them because they're like, "Okay, I showed up for your rehearsal and this is what I signed up for. Like. And, and it's the same thing with givers, right? If you ask somebody who has a lot of money, chances are they have a lot of understanding of how good, successful organizations look and feel. And you might be afraid to ask them because, you know, if they took a peek behind the curtain, they would say no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you need to address what's going on behind the curtain. So when they inevitably do, because they're responsible with their money and they know how to handle money, when they take a look behind the curtain... They need to go, wow, I'm impressed. So you need to fix that.
1: Yeah. And that's a super important thing because when I know for us, we've been on both sides of it. We've been on like the supporter giver side um, and we've been on the people asking for that support and those gifts. And it is intimidating to ask someone who can very quickly see through your crap. <laughs> But those are the people that you want on board. Those are the strong leaders who are going to help your organization grow. Those are the strong givers who can um, do it without holding the gift over your head and trying to manipulate with it. Yes. Um. And those are the people with the networks who can make your organization fly. Now, there is a point where you can't wait for everything to be perfect before you go for the ask, because that will never happen. But... Like, Ted, if you recognize there is an issue that is going to be a major red flag for that person, you need to address it immediately and use that as a very quick way to kind of get into gear and fix those things. Um, I remember once I had someone um, ask me for a donation, and I was just asking questions about the organization. Then finally I was like, well, how do you accept donations? Um, And they didn't have anything set up. It was just cash. And I was like, no. Like, (laughs) I didn't even like, normally I do research, but the minute that they didn't have any way for it to be given in a way that could be tracked, I was like, that is a red flag. Like, you don't have your paperwork in place. You don't have your bank accounts in place. You are not doing the due diligence. You are trying to start the organization while not officially starting the organization. And yet you're collecting, like, it was just such a thing that I was like, um no, just no, like come back to me when you have a few things. And that's not because their mission statement was wrong. Uh, They didn't have a heart for what they were doing or something like that. It was just as someone who's looking at the financial aspect of stuff. I was like too many red flags right in a row. I'm out of this conversation. Goodbye. Like that's, (laughs) (laughs) it just what I was nice about it, but Those are the things that people are looking for.
0: Yeah. And that's, and if that, if that, again, if that's causing you hesitancy Mm -hmm. to make the ask, that's the issue is like you're going to know that there are things that are goofy about your ask or about your organization based on the hesitancy or something that's goofy in you that's making you feel yeah like unworthy of being able to ask for help mm-hmm. or whatever so it's one of those three things and that's that's a really really big piece of the pie right there now let's say you get to the other point where you're like okay i'm ready to sit down with people for coffee and ask like i'm passionate about this organization i know we're handling the money really well i know that uh you know they can say no if they want to and it's not going to hurt my feelings but i also have a responsibility to ask you know
1: Yep. So, once you're at
0: that point then what then what happens
1: Um, at that point, before you even start making the ask, you need to go into whatever it is that you're doing without an expectation of the outcome. Hmm. Like, and this is really, really tricky to do. Um, but I would often, um, I've asked for a lot of organizations from a stage, um, asking for different causes, asking for different money to be given, um, different events. Like I've had different experiences with us. And one thing that I had to learn how to do really, really, really early on was to walk up and say, my responsibility is to ask and to do a good job asking. Their responsibility is to follow and give what they feel compelled to give. It is not my job to guilt them into it, to pressure them into it, to line up a PowerPoint about how they'll be a better person if they listen to me. Um, it is my job to come in prepared and to do a good job, but ultimately the outcome of that giving is not indicative of if I did a good job or not. Hmm. So I once had someone who was like, oh, don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. And I finally just looked at them and I understood where they were coming from. they were trying to be kind. They thought I was putting a lot on my shoulders because it was an event in front of a few hundred people. And I finally just looked back at them and I said, respectfully, I want this to go well. But if but if I get up there and people give zero dollars, I did my job. Mm -hmm. Like my worth walking off of a stage or my worth walking out of a coffee shop meeting is not based on the dollar amount that someone hands me. It's not based on if someone wants to volunteer with me. Now. That's very, very, very hard to do, to hold your hand that open and hold the event that loosely when you are relying on this gift and you are relying on these volunteers. Mm -hmm. But the more that you can go in with that attitude, the bigger the gifts will be and the more people you will impact. It's a very, very strange thing, but the more that you can disconnect yourself and your worth from the outcome of that conversation – the better the conversation will go 100% of the time.
0: Part of it is that people can smell it. Like Oh, 100%. It doesn't matter if you're like the best actor in the world. People can smell like not literally smell, but they can pick up on it um when there is an air of like desperation or an air of like I need I need this to to go well, like for my own personal self-worth. Um people pick up on that and they they tend to not respond well to that.
1: And it's a weird thing because people um, will go in, if you go in too confident, people might say, wow, you really have an ego asking for this. But a lot of times ego isn't going in confident to the conversation. Ego is going in so desperate to not get yours hurt that you're willing to grovel. Ooh.
0: Say that again. That was really good.
1: A lot of times, ego in a conversation isn't going in confident. A lot of times, it's going in with a posture so desperate to protect your own that you're willing to grovel.
0: Gosh, that's really, really good. Like, yeah, those, like, just really icky. Like, I think as nonprofit leaders, we've been asked things in ways that just are icky in the past. And to, to be able to equate that and say like, oh wow, yeah, that was an ego move, even though it wasn't like, oh look how high and mighty I am. As like, look how pathetic I am. Like, ugh, that's yeah. icky too. And they're both they're both pride issues. That's really interesting.
1: Yeah, but like, we have to go in willing to say this could like, I mean, don't get me wrong. If I walk in somewhere and ask for money and people are like, nope, it's an ego check a hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. but it doesn't affect my value or my worth. And I'll still walk out with my head held high, not because I have to fake it, but because I'm confident in the mission that I'm going to accomplish with this organization. And the person I talk to just simply isn't the right partner or maybe it's just not not the right timing for this partner. And that's okay. Yeah, It's healthier for both of us to both know that we're in the right place and that neither one of us is acting out of anything other than this is the right thing for me right now.
0: Hmm, that's good.
1: So once you have that in place, which that alone might take you a few conversations.
0: Then it's really important to be upfront about what it is you're doing. Yes. I think you were thinking the same thing. A hundred percent. She literally put her hands in the air like,
1: you victory! Did, he said the thing that I wanted to
0: say. <laughs> but it's true. Like the bait and switch is awful. It's terrible. Don't do it. Don't be like, oh, I just want to go to coffee and catch up. Like, you are evil if you lie to the person and you say you want to just go and catch up, but you have an ulterior motive.
1: You guys, it's (laughs) lying. It's lying. It is lying. You are starting the relationship by cutting your integrity off at the knees. You are lying. Be upfront.
0: Yep. Just say, hey, I want to take you out to coffee. I'm actually going to ask you to consider donating to our organization. But listen, if you say no, that's totally fine. I still want to catch up or get to know you a little bit more or whatever it is that you're doing. Right. And you have to be honest about that and you have to mean that. And then you start the conversation talking about the stuff you want to talk about. And if they're like, yeah, I just I don't really want to give right now. And you'd be like, hey, that's totally fine. Uh, How's your family doing? And then and follow up with that stuff. Don't lead with that stuff. Making them think that you're all buddy-buddy, but really, you're just looking to make an extraction.
1: Yes. Like, any oh. time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I used to Ooh. do that. I, I want to say, like, I used to do that. And then I found out it, it it's terrible. Yeah. It works 0% of the time, and it just makes you a bad person.
1: <laughs> well, and when you call someone and you say, hey, how's the family? The only thing that they're wondering is what you want from them. What do you want? And everything in life is relationship built. And so you don't want to go in already destroying those relationships unintentionally. So like when there was one organization that we were a part of where it was very common that you call, you ask how the family's doing, you chat with them about life, and then you ask what you want. And I just couldn't do it because it was just so disingenuous for me to call someone I didn't know ask how their family was doing, go through all that stuff. And you didn't care. And know that I didn't care. (laughs) Know that I didn't really want to hear it. Know all the things. And so I got to a point with people where I would call and they'd be like, hi, who is this? I'd be like, oh, it's Lisa with blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm calling because we need an extra volunteer in the month of August, for example. Uh, We have a position. It's going to need like, Two times a week for three weeks because so-and-so is going to be gone. Would you be willing to help? And if they said yes or no, I'd be like, okay, great. Also, how's the family?
0: It completely changes the dynamic. at that point,
1: they knew that the question, how's the family, was actually me asking, how's the family?
0: Because it was regardless of whether they said yes or no. Yeah,
1: if they said yes, I was like, okay, awesome. I put you down. Also, how's the family? They knew I cared. Uh, Can you do this? No. Okay. Thank you for letting me know. Also, how's the family? Like, either one, it completely changed the tone of the conversations because people didn't feel like I was using care as a way to manipulate the answer. They knew the answer was what the answer was. And And then I treated them as a person and cared about them separately. And this wasn't a long-term play where it's like, well, I'm going to care about them now, so the next conversation they're going to help. No. No. You care about people because they're people, right? And that's all.
0: What's What's interesting is that um, I think I picked up on some of this from sales. In sales, you have the benefit of people hang up with you as soon, like they hang up on you as soon as they sense any sort of manipulation in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I'm just calling to see how your business is doing, and they're like, nope. they're like, I don't want to talk to this person. They are being disingenuous right off the front, but. There was a sales training that we did at one point. I don't remember where it was from. And he was like, the first thing you do is you say, hi, my name is blank. I'm calling to ask you about blank. (laughs) If they and then like at that point, you have set up the structure and you said like, I'm honest, I'm upfront, I'm not going to try to waste your time. And then what you usually ask right after that in a sales conversation is like, when is a good time for us to talk about that? I don't want to bother you during your work day or whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like those thought processes are actually really important for talking to volunteers, because unfortunately, in the nonprofit world, you don't have the benefit of them hanging up on you because they would feel too guilty to do that. Like they know that you represent uh, orphans. Right. So mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not going to just, you know, for the most part, they're not going to just hang up on you. So. They'll stay on the phone with you and let you think that you're doing a good job until you get to the ask. And they're like, no, I'm not really comfortable with that right now. Or they'll come up with some other excuse. They'll say like, oh, our bills are just really tight or whatever it is. And really what they're what they wanted to do was hang up on you right away or not even go to coffee with you right away. But they couldn't bring themselves to do that because they know that on the other end there is an orphan who's starving, but they're just like so put off by it that they can't give to your organization mm-hmm. so you gotta be honest up front yeah and now we're running into an issue here because this was gonna be an episode <laughs> where we talked about all of this stuff but we're coming to the close of the episode time i'm thinking we might need to actually do a part two of this i and agree just continue the conversation so take, uh, hopefully we're taking some notes. If not, maybe like listen back through or whatever, but we're going to actually continue this conversation into the next episode because this has been uh, really full and I know we have a lot more to say about it and not enough time. So if you have questions, uh, for us about how to better ask, uh, the people around your organization for their time, for the money, for, um, for their networks, uh, we would love to hear from you. You can always send us an email